you, 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 you give us a hard time for being white, being American, and being in control. I did more for our black population than anybody other than Abraham Lincoln, okay? And nobody's even close. If you have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump, and you ain't black, it's our God. Jesus Christ has turned the tables on you. Amen. Victory. I hear a sound of an abundance of rain. I hear a sound of victory. The Lord says it is done. I bet he can't wait to go home and be, become a black man again. This is Profane Faith, a podcast that engages faith on the margins. Faith that has been labeled profane, nonconformist, and or out there. We'll be exploring the intersections of the sacred, secular, and profane to find God. We won't be trying to answer difficult questions. Rather, we'll be engaging them and asking better ones regarding faith, race, gender, and religion. I'm your host, Daniel White Hodge. Profane faith fam in the house to be. What's going on, y'all? And welcome to all the haters, those of you who are listening and uh, gathering information for your professor watch list. Y'all, welcome to. Hopefully you learned something with your foolish selves. Um, but listen, folks, sorry for the um, the late post. I know this is uh, not coming out right on time. It's still Monday, but it's not on time. So if you're listening in real time, I apologize. It was Easter weekend, so happy belated Easter weekend, uh, Easter Sunday, Resurrection Sunday, however you uh, celebrate. No, it's one of the biggest uh, holidays in the Christian faith. So uh, hopefully you had a good time. I know I did. Spent time outside in the yard. And uh, in fact, yesterday was the 20 year anniversary that I proposed to my spouse, Emily. Uh, it's hard to believe that it's been that long. Um, I did. I, uh, yeah, Easter weekend is her favorite holiday. And um, I she flew in. This was back before, um, you know, uh, 9-11. And, um, you know, I flew. She was, you know, we were doing the long distance thing. And she flew in from uh, Minneapolis uh, to SFO. And uh, I uh, went up to the gate and literally had, you know, friends and family there. Had a friend of mine uh, paint a big poster that said emily will you marry me um and you know your boy did it up did it up right um i had the microphone for the you know what they use to announce things you know what i'm saying so i like you know because i got there ahead of time and uh, i just let them know i said look i'm proposing to my girlfriend you know can i uh use the mic and they were like oh that's so sweet there was one cat that was just like are you sure you want to get married man are you sure i wish i could find him and be like uh bruh <laughs> Bruh. Um, and at any rate, it was cool. It was fun. And um, yeah, 20 years. Hard to believe. Hard to believe. Hard to believe. But um, at any rate, hope y'all had a great weekend. Hope you had a good Friday. You know, and I, know I saw a lot of folks talking about, you know, just the Saturday, the day in between, right? Of like lamenting and feeling the death um, of Christ. I think that's important. I think that's often missed especially in evangelical circles, right? Um, is, you know, we get Good Friday, we know that story, and then obviously we skip over Saturday and then we you know, get right to Resurrection Sunday, um, which I, you know, which it's 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 interesting to me because I always thought like, hey, you know, and especially as a former Seventh-day Adventist, right? It's like that, that was the day that we would go to church on, right? And so there was a sense of, you know, uh, you can't overlook this day, right? Um, so anyways, uh, hopefully that's something y'all take in. Uh, my good friend, Dr. Robin, who's been on the show, they put something up 
really uh, really good stuff. In fact, I reposted it on Instagram um, just about what that day means and just, you know, coming together and, and looking at that. And I know some people actually had service, <clears throat> excuse me, um, on, um, you know, on Saturday, you know, reflecting that. And there's a lot to lament about. There's a lot. And I think it's very easy to skip over all of that uh, because in the long run, like we've talked about a lot on the show, it's it's very easy to overlook the the hard process of pain um, and, you know, the stuff that is surrounding, you know, uh, that and what that means. Uh, so hopefully you had a chance to reflect a little bit on that. I know I did. Um, and, uh, you know, it 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 just is. It's a lot. It's a lot to process. Um, but, uh, at any rate, uh, I wanted to, uh, this, this, uh, for the next three weeks, actually, especially if you're listening in real time, I wanted to, uh, have a special edition, uh, here on, you know, as you know, season five, I haven't had a real theme going and it's just kind of been kind of a random, you know, just randomness about, uh, you know, uh, faith and religion and race. And, you know, of course, you know, the haters that are listening, <laughs> right. You know, putting me on professor watch lists and, 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 and whatnot. Um, but, uh, I wanted to spend the next three weeks and, and looking at Latinx pastors, faith workers doing unique work in different parts of the country. Um, and so for the next couple of weeks, we're going to be looking at that and, uh, and just talking with three amazing individuals in regards to what that means and just what faith looks like in di three different areas, areas, right, um, of Christian faith. And, and particularly as it pertains to the body, as it pertains to the social imagination of uh, race and gender and sexual orientation, um, you're going to find these folks fascinating. So I want to hop into that uh, this first week. Um, uh, I got my good friend, the Reverend Werner Ramirez. Um, uh, Warner, Werner and I met, oh my gosh, it's been a while. We're going to talk about it here in the interview in a, in a second um, when we met, but I had him as a student and uh, this brother, we just stayed in contact. One of them great contacts, uh, you know, from, from teaching. I've had, I've had a lot of great contacts from folks and um, I, you know, he's one of those that we've just, you know, you know, it, it, you know, went from student professor to just like genuine friend. Um, and he's one of the original listeners of the podcast, uh, was, is, has been a great fan. Uh, and I love it because he'll text me, right? Uh, he's probably listening right now. He'll probably text me and he'll be like, Hey man, I really love that show. I just loved what you had to say. And then he'll be like, I don't know about this last week's guest, man. I don't know. This sounded like X, Y, Z. I've always appreciated that about, um, about him. And I was like, you know what? It's time to get you on the show, brother. Long time listener, first time caller in talker. <laughs> and, uh, uh, so we we're going to chat it up and listen to his experience. Listen to where he's processing theology, where he's processing God, um, and listen to just the journey that he's been on. Again, this is something that, again, I wanted to emphasize over the next couple of weeks. And um, each person is different, but I, I think it's important to see these different perspectives. And as somebody who is Mexican myself, I think it's important, right, to look at the different faith workers that are out there doing some amazing things. Um, Werner is a Guatemalan immigrant who grew up in Long Beach, Cali, and the LBC. He jokes that he did not uh, get into much trouble growing up because his, he has uh, great parents who got him cable television and took him to church. Werner is an ordained minister, y'all, of Word and Sacrament in the Presbyterian Church, USA. 
He holds an MDiv and an MA in Christian education and spiritual formation from Princeton Theological Seminary, y'all. I had a chance to sit down with him um, a while back. I went out to Princeton to talk on hip hop and, and some things, and it was great to see him and, you know, him just doing his thing, man. And, you know, a West Coast guy on the East Coast. I always love that. You know, that's that's a that's always a trip. Uh, Warner has worked in youth ministry for over a decade on both coasts in suburban and urban contexts. He currently lives in Queens, New York with his wonderful wife, April, and serves as the associate pastor for youth and young adult ministries at Fifth Avenue Presbyterian Church in Manhattan. Uh, I was so thankful and honored, really, to have Brother Werner on uh, the show and just to see just where he's come from and to see where he's at now. Uh, I was very thankful for that. So uh, check this conversation out again. Listen in, check out the nuances uh, and get ready for the next you know couple weeks here. We're going to be going in uh, on what it means to be, you know, Latinx and working in uh, faith based uh, areas and uh, and and really wrestling with theology uh, and God. So again, you haters, you know, if you got all this time to listen, I hope you, you're listening in and you gonna learn something, right? I got another podcast. Go learn today. You can go check that out and you know take your ass and go go learn something there too. <laughs> all right, y'all. Have a good week. Stay safe. Check this conversation out. Um, well, cool, man. I hit record. Um, so we can just uh, we can just hop right on in, brother. Cool. Well, it's good to see you, Dan. Uh, it's good it's to been see. a while. <laughs> it's, I know it's been a long time. In fact, I was trying to, to uh, tell my partner Emily. I was like, I, I said I've known Warner APU days, right? Was it APU? Yeah, I, so I took a a class with you in the summer of 2009, and it was actually my my last class at at APU. Oh. Um, I I needed one more like like youth ministry requirement yeah. and then I needed a literature requirement that <laughs> apparently didn't transfer from my community college. Oh. Uh, so I had to go back to a, a different community college cause I wasn't going to pay the APU like $10,000 for a oh. like class. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Summer 2009. Summer, Summer 2009. That's right, man. I, rem- I remember that. I think, it, I think it was some urban youth men course, right? Wasn't it? Wasn't like that. Yeah. It was urban youth ministry and it wasn't on, on the APU campus. It was, uh, at the LA campus downtown and, uh, it was lecture the first half. It was a two week intensive. So lecture first half and then uh, a field trip (laughs) the second half of the day. That's right. That's right. Oh my gosh. Yes. I remember those days, man. I remember those days. And well, I mean, for the audience, man, I mean, I know you, you know, long time listener, first time calling in, but, uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what, you know, the first question I ask everybody, man, what's been, what's been happening from birth to now, brother, how is, cause you reverend now you reverend pastor, man, this is, this is, this is amazing, man. What's, what's been, what's been going on? What has gotten you to this spot? So I know that this is the first question because like you said, a long time listener, and I still don't know how I'm going to answer this question. I, I was like, do I, do I tell my immigration story? Do I tell my faith story? Or like, how do I mix it together? Uh, but yeah, uh, I, I guess in, in a formal setting, I'm, I'm Reverend Warner Ramirez. Uh, I'm a PCUSA Presbyterian pastor. Um, but I like to joke that, that I've been a Presbyterian since the womb. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, for for better or for worse, but but since since my days in Guatemala, um, I was born in Guatemala, and my my dad was uh, 
uh, a Presbyterian elder in the Presbyterian Church in Guatemala. He was in charge of youth ministry for the whole Presbyterian Church of Guatemala wow. for, for for a very long time. Um, and so my, my my story starts off with with my with my folks. Um, my my dad worked for a Christian organization that uh, in Guatemala that helped the poorest of the poor mm. with with food with uh, with with money um, and most importantly with education. And my dad my dad was their accountant, um, but since he he knew how to handle the books, he would often teach uh, how to do your books to 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 people in Guatemala, and. Unfortunately, good Christian work like that uh, was seen as communism by what? by certain people. Damn. Uh, and and there were some people at my at the organization that my dad worked for that that got some very serious death threats. And uh, oh gosh. And my dad one day the the way the story was told to me is that that he noticed um, a certain person following him everywhere he went that day. Mm. Um, and and he was worried that that he was going to be a potential target, um, but we had just visited the United States like a month or two months before we came for a wedding, and so we we still had visitor visas, <laughs> and so after so that happened, and uh, my dad went back to the organization. And they said, um, well you can either stop working for us um, and we will help pay to get you to, to where you need to be. Um, or you can continue working with us and we have affiliations with other places. You'll go to Costa Rica for a little bit and then go to Switzerland. So I was almost a Guatemalan Swiss. Um, <laughs> oh, wow. Uh, but my mom has five sisters that all live in the Southern California area. Okay. And uh, they decided that the best route was, was to come to the United States. So, uh, at five years old, uh, we came to, to the U.S. on visitor visas, um, and those eventually uh, expired. <laughs> okay. And we we tried to we tried the process of 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 getting our our, our permanent resident cards um, through through asylum, and we got denied that in 1992. And the funny thing is, I. I I, I don't know if we had a lawyer or a, or a family friend who was trying to help guide us through it, but I, I remember them telling us like what we needed to say. And a lot of it was like, not true. <laughs> uh, <laughs> like I remember being coached at five years old. Uh, okay. I, because at that point I, I was six or seven of like, okay, you got to say we cross this way. This is where we live. And, and, and I memorized those things. Like I memorized the wow. address of, uh, but we, we we it, it wasn't good advice, and we got denied asylum. Oh, okay. And, wow, jeez. And from from there on, we tried to get our permanent residency through through my aunt as a, a sponsor, and through and through my dad's work. Uh, my dad, uh, my parents took. Uh, my mom was a nanny for for many many years when we came to the states, and my dad worked for a, um, a candle company. Um, mm. He worked in the warehouse, and um, eventually became the manager of shipping and receiving. So that was that was an avenue that we could try to get our permanent residency. Um, and so again, yeah. So we immigrated in '91, denied in '92, um, and fast forward to my going into the uh, to my the summer of my senior year of high school. So this is 2003. Um, through some crazy glitch in the system, mm -hmm. we kept on getting work permits. Uh, 
so like we had social security numbers, like 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 actual social security numbers, and we we renewed our our work permits every single year. Wow. And in the summer of 2003, we got a letter that said, "Hey, we noticed that you got denied asylum in 1992, but through some glitch, um, like you're getting work permits, and we fixed the glitch, and you'll you'll most likely be getting deportation letters soon." Uh, so <laughs> wow. I, so I, I was five when I came. I at this point I felt more, more American, I guess, than than I did Guatemalan. Yeah. My 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 sister was one when she came. Um, she didn't know any Spanish at that time. She was an eighth grader, and and we were we were we were really scared that that we were going to get deported. Um, and then so we talked to an immigration lawyer, and the immigration lawyer said, "I really doubt that a judge is going to." to deport you with how far along you are in the process with your aunt as a sponsor. Uh, and, uh, and they said, this is what's going to take. Uh, but it's, it was going to cost a lot of money to do it. Mm. Um, so a, a quick side story that, that, that is, I, I don't tell this story too often, but, but it is a fun story in my life. Uh, I'm a huge soccer fan. I, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I, I'm wearing an LA galaxy Jersey right now. A huge LA galaxy. Fan. I was going to ask you what the Jersey was. I saw the top of it. At first I thought it was the Bengals, Cincinnati Bengals. I was like, no, nah, I don't think he's a Bengals fan. Oh uh, no, this is the 96 Jersey. So it's all wild with 90s color. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so yeah, huge galaxy fan. Um, and I remember going to a game and you got, I signed up for a contest through all state. Um, so maybe all state <laughs> will give you some promotion. Money there you go. There, you go. there you go. Uh, but if I signed up, I got a cool keychain and I really wanted that keychain. <laughs> and, and the, the contest was to potentially win a million dollars. And, Two months later or so, I got a phone call that said, hey, do you remember signing up for this contest? I was like, yes, I do. Did I just win a million dollars? They're like, no, you didn't win a million dollars. <laughs> but uh, you have an opportunity to win it um, by kicking a soccer ball through through um, a tarp with a hole in it. Uh, but the, the fun part was, so I, I'm in eighth grade, and they... And this was in the middle of the 1999 uh, Women's World Cup. Okay. Um, so they flew me from L.A. to, to Chicago. Um, I got to meet, like, my favorite soccer player, Kobe Jones. And then Alexi Lawless was, like, my coach on site. I was on Good Morning America. Um, it was, like, <laughs> like they, they pulled all the stops. Like, like I, I felt like a celebrity. Like, I was from limo to limo. Um, <laughs> and... And then at halftime of the of the women's game of the U.S. versus Nigeria, uh, it was at Soldier Field. It, it was a kick that was going to be live on ESPN too. Okay. Uh, and I remember walking into the stadium and thinking, nobody's going to watch this at halftime. Everybody goes and gets their nachos or whatever. <laughs> and I walk out to the field and. I looked up, I swear nobody left the stadium. It was a packed soldier field. Oh my gosh. And so they, they cover up the goalpost with, with like a tarp and right in the middle two uh, like a hole two inches bigger than the ball. Um, I had to sink it in to, to win a million dollars. And I go up and it goes a little left. Uh, actually uh, more than a little, it was pretty left. <laughs> uh, and I missed, uh, but the consolation price was twenty five thousand dollars? Oh my um, gosh, dude! So in eighth grade, I won. I won twenty five grand, and I bought my youth group uh, a pizza party. I bought a skateboard. 
And then in high school, I bought a guitar. And then the rest, I, I thought I was going to save for college. Uh, but when we got those letters about deportation and talked to the immigration lawyers, um, my parents asked me, they said, hey, can we borrow this money so that we could stay in this country? And, and right away, I said, no, like, just take it. Like, don't borrow it. Like, I, like in, in my good Christian teenage self-righteous kind of way, but I said, no, I, I, I believe God gave us this money for a reason. And, um, and this reason so that we can stay in the United States. Mm. Um, so that, that kick, like, wow. Provided the opportunity for, for us to stay in this country. Um, and, and it's a fun story to tell, but it's, it's also a hard story to tell because I was the exception. Like there are, there are so many families, so many people that look like me, so many other families that, that look like my parents that don't, that don't have $25,000 that they randomly won at a sporting event to, to help them through, through the process. Um, so there, there's, there's some guilt with sharing that story at times mm-hmm. um, because I know that, that that is not the reality for many people. Um, but it was, it was the reality for, for, for me. Um, but that, that's, that, that's a good chunk of my, my, my immigration story. Uh, so we got our permanent resident cards in, in 2004. Um, I still have not applied for, for citizenship. Um, I'm thinking about, I, I'm, I'm seriously thinking about starting the process right now, but, um, but you have to say the pledge of allegiance. Um, <laughs> and, and I have some, some interesting theology about, I, I think the word allegiance is, is I think you could only have one allegiance. Mm. Um, and I'm not, I'm not going to pledge allegiance to a flag or, or, or to a country, um, my, my allegiance is to following Christ. <laughs> um, and, and I, I cannot pledge allegiance to, to anything else. Um, that no. is, this is amazing. This is all stuff. I had no idea about Werner, man. I, that is a trip, man. And, 99 i was just i was just happy to be up on stage in young life doing just <laughs> acting like a buffoons and you over there man you man getting the money that's that wow that's amazing okay so this is great i love it i have so many now i have so many questions i had i had some questions but now i have all these new ones and stuff man well tell me a little bit then about your theological formation because i'd be very curious just ask guys what is what has brought you to that you 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 know you just said man i'm a self i was a self-righteous christian <laughs> weren't were y'all we uh at uh, uh you know at, at a certain point um and you know, what is what has helped form that and how have you gotten to a point now with, with where, you know, with where you're at, you know, especially as an, you know, an ordained minister? Yeah, no, that's a, that's a good question. Um, so like I said, I, I, I've grown up Presbyterian my whole life. Um, on the West coast, the pre- especially in California, the West coast has a very evangelical feel. Yeah. Um, yeah. and, and it's different from, from when I, how I experienced it and, and how I look back on it 
looking back on it, thinking about the 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 youth staff that I grew up with, um, they were actually pretty progressive and they were trying to teach us pretty progressive things. Mm-hmm. Um, but the camps that we went to and the <laughs> the the music that I went to, the concerts that I went to, I I lean to those e- evangelical kind of leanings throughout uh, throughout my adolescence and, and early college. Um, and the congregate, my, my home congregation was where I actually became the youth pastor there for quite some time after I graduated college. Um, the, the staff, the, the staff did, a, I think a really good job, but the, and the church is filled with lovely people, but definitely lean evangelical. I remember I was on a, I was on a committee that was to hire the next, one of the next pastors. And the person asking said, so like, what's the theological feeling of the congregation. And I remember the pastor saying, our congregation are, even though we're a Presbyterian church, are like Southern Baptists who drink and baptize babies. <laughs> um, and I was, I was in high school and I had no idea what that meant. But looking back on it, I'm like, oh, I definitely see what he means by that. Okay, now. okay. Um, and, and, and so I was influenced by, by a lot of that crowd. Um, mm. And there's, there's some things that, that I'm very grateful for. Um, and there's some things that I just, that, that I can no longer do. Like for instance, like I fully affirm our LBGTQ plus, uh, siblings, siblings. And, um, and a lot of the people I grew up with, um, unfortunately don't. Mm. Um, and, and the, like I said, like I was the exception to the, to many immigration stories by having by having that that money that that I won, but like I was, I feel like I was the exception in so many places. Like I played like that good immigrant, <laughs> um, and and so so I I and I somewhat knew that and and I played into it, mm. um, and it wasn't until um, until college um and some of the some of the people on staff the 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 pastors there when i started to really question my faith they i'll I'll, I'll give it to them they really let me question with them um and they 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 didn't give me cookie cutter answers they they Mm. they they allowed me to to ask even better questions um and and some of my and some of my my time at apu i mean the 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 college roommates that I had, we were all questioning our faith during the time, um, taking classes with, like, I, 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 when I think back to the classes I took at APU, I, I, I went to community college and then APU. So I took primarily the theology classes at, at uh, when I transferred. But the, the classes that, the three formative classes I remember taking there was your class uh, on, on urban youth ministry. Uh, <laughs> All right. And, and, I, I, and I don't say that just because. No, no, I know. Because I'm on, on the podcast. But like, like you took the, theolo- the theological things that I was questioning mm-hmm. and, and then gave us ways to see where it was in action. Like, I'll, I'll never forget when you took us to, to, to the county prison. Um, oh, that's and, right. I went there. And and seeing how how prisoners were were being tr- treated, and I and I and I remember thinking the guard the guards thought that they were there to impress us, and I remember they had, and they 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 were assholes, right? Right. Um, and, and the way they didn't call people by name, I, I like the one part that sticks out in my mind 
is they were all labeled by by colors. Like light blue was meant that 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 they were there for a nonviolent crime, probably something really small, and couldn't make bail. And somebody with a light blue uniform came out, and the guard says, "Stop right there, ugly." And and I remember thinking, like, all right, what a child, like, like the right. what a childish way to to call somebody, but. But why, like, I don't know, it, it just felt deeply offensive to call another human being ugly. Mm-hmm. Um, and and that part stuck out in, in my mind. But, like, classes like like, like that um, started to completely change my mind frame of, of, of what faith looks like. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I've stayed in, 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 in the Presbyterian church, um, I, in 2014, I, I I left the church I was working at and went to seminary. I went to to Princeton Theological Seminary, and actually, I think that's the last time I saw you, Dan. Uh, you came in and did a, a talk on on hip hop. Yes, uh, like two three years ago, I think it was. Yeah, no, um, I, I I remember that. I actually, was coming from L.A. and flew into uh, uh, out out there and, and whatnot. I remember, I remember, I was like, oh man, I get to see Werner, man. So that's that. Yeah, that was definitely a a, a treat, man, to see you there and doing your thing, brother. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So like my, my mid twenties was, was, I, I mean, a, a time where, where I started asking questions about like, what does justice look like? Mm. And, um, and what does, what does love actually look like? And, 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 and learn and unlearning and relearning a lot of different things. Um, but and realizing that the, some of my evangelical upbringings were, were no longer things that I, I wanted to associate with. Um, and, and I, and a common theme that I've seen in your podcast, the, the 2016 election was definitely something that was like, okay, that's, that's the, that's the final coffin or final nail in the coffin of, of my association with, with what feels the the evangelical church and mm. and I have found a home in in the Presbyterian church it's not perfect there's there's a lot of things that we need to work on um and uh but I, I have found a theological home in the Presbyterian church I, I'm now a pastor uh, at, at a church in in Midtown Manhattan um a church called Fifth Avenue Presbyterian Church and uh it, and it's been it, it's been fun ex- exploring my faith and in this continued tradition that I've started since since I was very young, but I've seen it I, I've seen it reformed and continue to reform. Wow, this is amazing. And first of all, I'm, I'm humbled by way what you say, man, because I you know I I think you know I've <laughs> I've I've lamented on here plenty of times about my time at Azusa. I think mm-hmm. one of the things that you know. I don't mention enough is, you know, the students that at that time, you know, now, you know, I mean, grown ass man, um, you know, well, you were then too, but it's just like it. Yeah. There, there, the, the students that came out of that and the relationships that I've kept from that over that, over that time is, has been, it's been kind of amazing, you know, and whatnot. I mean, yes, administratively it was just, it was always a nightmare. There was always, I think yours was the first class, that I didn't get some kind of call or email about, oh, well, this student said you took him to Watts. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> well, there was only four of us in that class. That's <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Yeah. And that's what made it, right? That's what kind of mm-hmm. just gave it that kind of feeling. So I appreciate that, man. That, you know, yeah. that means a lot. I mean, 
Oh, so much to say about just Christian higher ed and in general, man, and and, well, and whatnot. It, it, and I agree. Like right now, like think, thinking about classes and 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 some of the the friendships that I've built that are that are still strong to this day. People that were in in at my wedding were in my in my groom's party. I forget what that's yeah, called. Yeah, uh, But but yeah, but not everything was rosy at my time at APU. I mean, I I I, I wrote. I remember I wrote my senior thesis on the Dream Act, and uh. and and the the loss, which as now knowing a little bit more about my story, like I was almost a dreamer. Um, and, and so I wanted, I, I, I wanted, and there was a group of students that wanted APU to be, to acknowledge dreamers mm-hmm. and, and to say we are for this. And I remember at that time, the student government association said like had this platform of like speak up speak up and <laughs> and then so we spoke up we're like hey we want our we want this to 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 matter to our to the to Azusa Pacific University and so we did our presentation and and they said they weren't going to endorse it because they wanted to remain neutral on, on the issue and and it's just it just it felt like a slap in the face because their whole their whole platform was like speak up speak up and then they shot us down completely right um <laughs> and and so like stuff like that are, are, are stuff that i still i still regret no regret's not the right word stuff that i still lament about my time at a, at a, at apu um no well I mean, I think you I mean you 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 hit on a lot of different things that you know we're still to this day, twenty twenty one, we're still dealing with uh, in regards to right. It's like <laughs> uh, you know immigration, the word immigration. Now I always tell folks, it's like you know what type of immigration. This is racialized, right? Because you know we ne- we never hear anything about Canada. We never hear anybody about you know folks coming from you know really in really any other you know eurocentric white countries we were to hear from brown black poc bipoc you know communities and and countries that are trying to come to this nation that people get in an uproar about um you know why can't i have more people from norway isn't that what trump's saying right right exactly exactly man um, and so what, I mean, I guess I'm, I'm curious, man, what, uh, why Princeton, man? Why, you know, of all, all places, uh, like, you know, you were there in SoCal, like, and, and I'm glad you said what you said, cause I think a lot of people don't realize that the West coast has a strong evangelical feel a lot more than that, that's that, a lot more than that's talked about. And I felt that like from Northern, all the way from Northern California, all the way down to, you know, San Diego and whatnot, man, it's like, it's embedded in the air people breathe. And so with all the seminaries out there, what, what drew you to Princeton? And, and ultimately, man, you know, how was your time at Princeton? Yeah. Um, so I'll start off by saying, like, I, I'm a, I'm a Southern California guy through and through, yes. and I can't believe I'm still on the East Coast. <laughs> 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 um, but I, I, I was actually, when I, when I was a youth pastor at, at, at the church I grew up with, uh, I started classes at Fuller. Um, and I, I was doing it part-time, and, and it, it was all right. Like I, I enjoyed the classes I was taking and, and it was actually a, a decent pace. Um, and, and I realized that, and, and I felt, I, I felt a calling to ordain ministry. Um, I, the, I, I remember when I did confirmation classes with, with, 
with our youth that like I was able to participate in the confirmation and, and, and potential baptisms. Uh, but like, but I, I saw this, this urge, this call to, to be able to participate in the sacraments. So I, I felt called to, to be ordained and I knew to, to do that. I needed to, to, to graduate from seminary. <laughs> um, and, and I also knew that I needed a season of being uncomfortable and going across the country was going to do it. And it did. It went, it definitely did. Uh, <laughs> and I had some mentors that went to Princeton and they encouraged me to apply. I actually didn't think I was going to get in, uh, but, but I got in and, uh, and, and it felt like the right place. And, and I'll say this too. They have a very large endowment, mm. um, so tuition. Knowing that tuition was going to be covered for mm. for me was was huge. I mean, I, I like I I don't have I don't that mixed with other scholarships. Um, I didn't come out with any any loans from from graduate school. I still have like eighty thousand left in uh, in an undergrad load for like the two years I was there. <laughs> it was right. But, right the two years that you were right. But uh but it, but that was that was a large factor knowing knowing that 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 there was some security from from that. Um and I enjoyed my time at Princeton. Um there 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 were some there like like all institutions there are some things that 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 they were tough to, to navigate, especially. I, I mean, seminaries that for for people who are considering seminary, it is. I, I, the seminary seminary can be the desert at times. Mm. Like it, it, it is. It, you're 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 thinking through your theology. You're away right. from home, um, <laughs> and and making friends as adults is really hard. Um, so my first year of seminary, I, and my first year of seminary, I was in, in, in the dorms and I was, I was 28 and the majority of other pe- people in the dorms were like straight out of college and, um, <laughs> and learning, how, this is going to sound weird, but learning how to party for the first time. I'm like, Oh, that's cute. <laughs> I remember my first beer. Um, <laughs> and, oh, man. I, and so it, it was really hard to, to go from living on my own in Long Beach with, with roommates to, to going back to a, to a dorm life. And, and I think they're, they're actually doing a really good job of, of trying to change that for, for, for people coming into to Princeton. So that part was really tough. Um, I, I, I like theology and I like, I like shooting the shit about theology. Um, <laughs> writing academic things and, and, and doing it in that way wasn't, wasn't, necessarily my cup of tea okay um so that that aspect of, of seminary was was a little i mean I, I was able to hang but 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 my heart is in 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 actually in participating in in hands-on ministry so i i actually became i i was interning at a at a methodist church in in new jersey and uh, and their pastor, the pastor left midway through my internship, and they asked myself and then, and another person to be a co-pastor, um, and that was actually one of the best things that happened to me at, in seminary. Like stuff that I was learning in the classroom, like I was able to put, like able to to do, just to put in the work right afterwards um, within the church, and um, and that was a really special community, a really quirky congregation that. Um, that taught me how to be a pastor, um, but also taught me like how to 
how to love people well and, and to pastor people. Mm. Um, so that, that, that was a really good time. Um, and, and, the, and then a very special thing that happened towards the end of seminary is uh, I started taking classes at, at the farminary. Um, so Princeton Seminary has a, a, a small farm that integrates theological education with, uh, with agriculture. Um, and, and being able to talk about death and resurrection um, at, on, on the compost pile, being able to do that while seeing some, some, some plants grow and plants die was, was one of the best experiences I've ever had. And, and I met some of my best friends on, in that class that, mm. that, we, we, that we still have a community to to this day. That's what's up, man. I've, yeah, I've heard about that. In fact, I think I had you recommended uh, a cat. Yeah, Nate Stuckey was on. Yes, um, yes, 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 man. Now that's what's up. And who, man, that, yeah, that's, and see, I think, I think, I think that's, I mean, part of, you know, I think about, you know, theological education and you're right. I mean, there's, there is something about writing that way. I think because for so long people, that's what they did. Right. But I think about that integrative solution, right. I think about, the next 10 years, uh, it's, you know, getting into 2031, I was like, what is, what is the earth going to look like? How do we, you know, I think one thing is the pandemic, I was just talking with somebody yesterday, um, you know, about what has the pandemic shown you? And it's like, man, it's shown that, wow, we are really connected and, and, and tethered at the hip to stores, right. To, you know, to, to folks who are somebody else producing that. And I feel like, yeah, humans, 200 years ago were vulnerable to other things, right? There, you know, the technology diseases and whatnot, but it's like, in terms of, there was no sense of, well, if the grid goes down, well, there was no grid. You don't have to worry about it. You know, it's like people homesteading. It's like, that was, that was that. And I'm not saying we should all go back to that, but man, farming, there's something about that. I mean, I know here, I mean, I've, again, you've heard it. I've talked about it on the show, like harvesting rainwater, um, right. trying to learn, uh, you know what that means. I've been I've been trying to go on solar. The the people these people keep turning me down, man. I'm just like oh, oh, bastards. No. <laughs> um, uh, but you know, but all that I think there's a way you know to do it. Tell me a little bit about you know what the what the last four or five years have been like for you is just you know at. at ethnic minority immigrant, uh, as, uh, just, uh, you know, a, a person of faith, uh, you know, how, you know, what, what have you wrestled with, man? What, what, what is, what has come up in this? I, you know, I saw some of your posts, you know, through Twitter and whatnot, but you know, what, what has come up in, in the regime that we, that we had and, and how do you see this, this new regime, you know, <laughs> currently right. handling things? Well, there, there's been a lot of self-assessing, um, especially in the last year or so. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, well, we'll, we'll treat this as, as confession time. <laughs> All right, come on. Um, I, I, I had to confess a lot of things this summer. Mm. Um, I, uh, to myself and, and, and to, and, and at, at times in, in smaller groups um, that I thought I was doing the right things uh, as far as racial reconciliation or, or racial justice, uh, as far as um, trying to be on the right side of, 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 of history. And, and I realized how much that I played into, into being the exception at times. Um, I, 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 
for the most part, I feel really comfortable in in, in spaces of power um, in in spaces where in, in white spaces. I mean, I'm just going to name it. Mm-hmm. Um, and and it wasn't until around 2016 that 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 I start that I did not feel as comfortable. Um, and and I knew that that in order to succeed at times that 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 I that I couldn't ruffle feathers, that I needed to play the game. Um, and, and, and it wasn't that I, and I wanted to be more strategic about how to play the game. Like I, I won't say this yet because, uh, because if not, this is going to happen and then, then I'll just get kicked out of the system. But, but I found myself this summer thinking, I, I, I have to stop doing that. Um, like, what 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 hills am I going to die on now, um, mm. in order for, 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 for at least good conversations around around race to happen, um, and and it's hard to admit that that, that I that that I've played the game wrong, <laughs> like I like I I I I've been in prestigious institutions like Princeton Seminary and, and, and done well there. And I think part of it is because I didn't, I, 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 I want to give myself the credit that I, that I've done good work and that, and some of that prestige came with, with, with the, with the work that I've done. But, but part of it was because I didn't ruffle feathers. Mm. Um, and, and, and I've been that exception and, and I don't want to do that anymore, Dan. Like I, 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 I want to be able to speak truth. Um, even when it's, when it's risky. Mm. Um, and, and, yeah. And, and it's hard to, it's hard to even name what those fears actually are of like, like, like fear of, of, of being rejected uh, fear of, of losing places of power. Um, but, but those are the things that I'm going to have to risk. Like I, 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 like I have to be willing to say that, I mean, basic stuff like white supremacy exists. Mm -hmm. Like that's something I know in my heart and some, and stuff that, 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 that I I need to say out loud. Um, and, and at times, some people are, are not ready to hear that <laughs> and, and it'll turn off the conversation. Uh, but I have to be okay with that. I, I have to be okay with, with, with saying truth that, um, that needs to be said. Hmm. Um, and, and it, and it sounds silly to say that, like, I mean, like basic stuff I was afraid to say at times. And, and the last year, especially after, uh, um, the events that happened this past summer, but also knowing, events that happened before, like I, I, I've, I've had very calculated things that, that I say and don't say. And, and I don't want to do that anymore. I just want to be able to say truth. Yeah. Yeah. That's real. That's real. And what, and what has brought you to that point when, where you're just like, man, look, I'm, I'm done. I'm, 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 it's time for me to, you know, take the filter off. Well, 
honestly, it's, it's seeing my siblings not being treated like human beings. Mm. I mean, when, when it comes down to it, like, like I, I, I want people to stay alive. Um, <laughs> yeah. And like, I mean, that's, again, it sounds so basic, but like, I, 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 not not being willing to say that white supremacy ex- ex- exists like within within institutions like the police within institutions like the church like that's that's a life and death matter um and and something needs at the very least needs to be said to to try to help people stay alive mm. um and and it's not about like scoring political points. It's not about sounding woke or whatever. Um, it's about keeping people alive. Um, and, and I wish I would have done that sooner. Hmm. Yeah. I feel that man. That's real. That's, that's, uh, that, I mean, again, you listen to the show, man, that's a large part of how I felt you know, and, and, you know, in 2016, and I felt like I spent so much, you know, I mean, I've talked about this, you've heard it. I, it's, it's, I felt like I spent so much time trying to polish the right thing to say, especially in white spaces. Um, right. It's like, no, well, you can't say it, you know, and I would hear other people say it like, well, but you got to tame it down if they're going to hear it, you know, and I just felt like, I felt like we were making progress and in 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 retrospect it's like the film memento right it's like the amount of things that we'll tell ourselves uh in order to you know self-deceive it's like no that wasn't it and so you're right i mean and now i feel like you know we're we're at a an even broader pandemic you know with you know the ideology of of racism you know it's like you know even as we're recording this right it's like we had another mass shooting you know within Within a week of of that, um, theologically, man, I mean, how do you how do you make sense of some of these things? I'm I'm very, and I'm I'm not asking that as I'm asking that genuinely and in inquiring, like theologically, when we see this. Um, I heard Aries Spears, who's a comedian, and uh, he's done some stuff. And you probably know who I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Talk about a little bit about religion, and particularly for Black folk, and about how you know. He says the saying, he's like, you know, there's a saying in the black church, which, you know, it's like God is good, you know, and people respond all the time, you know, and so, you know, but then he brings up, right, it's just like, yeah, but 400 years of slavery, like that, God is good all the time, like all that. So there's those kind of structures that are out there, and I feel like they're becoming more prevalent, right, with the age of information, but yeah, theologically, what, uh, how do you, how you make sense or, you know, not make sense? I, I don't know. I don't want to put words in your mouth. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's, it's, it's interesting that, that you asked that question. I literally got a text message from a parent yesterday Hmm. that said, Hey, one of my, my seventh grade, uh, kid has these questions. Do you mind having a conversation? So this is going to be good preparation of speaking with that. All right. All right. All right. Uh, yeah. And, and, and mainly like, I, I want to let him like think it through. So I'm not going to give him straight, straight answers, but I'll, I'll, I'll try to give you a, my thoughts on it. Um, I, I have to believe that the God is a God that suffers with us. Um, that, that, that knows what we're going through, um, and is working through people to, to intervene. Um, and, and ultimately like I, like I believe that the God does care, uh, about, 
about about the hurt that's going uh, in, in the black community, about the hurt that's happening in the in the in the Asian community, about the hurt that's happening with the immigrant community, the hurt that's going on in people's lives, um, and and I believe that that God wants people to thrive and God wants redemption. Um, and, and I think it's a long journey. Mm. Um, I, I, I think it's a, a long journey. And I wonder, I wonder how often we, we have gone in the way from redemption happening by this, by, by trying to pinpoint like certain theologies too of like, uh, like we're, we're often in, in the Christian church, like we're more, more worried about people believing the right theology and, and getting people saved, um, instead of keeping people safe. Um, and, and, and the liberation that comes through, through through helping people's physical bodies and and helping their physical needs is something that I think God is working in, um, and 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 using that as 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 salvation, and using that as as redemption. Um, so I, so I still so I I see God working in through in through systems and people that are that are that are literally trying to help people thrive, um, mm. like spiritually, physically, emotionally, mentally, um, the, the social workers, <laughs> the, the, the helpers, um, the, they're, they, they are doing God's work. Um, and I believe God is doing that work through in and through them. Hmm. Hmm. Absolutely. I, that's, I like that. I can, re- I can resonate with that, man. I think, it, I'll speak for myself. I won't go all global or, <laughs> yeah. Um, I, you know, I think for myself, it's, it's been deconstructing, right? So much of the theology that I was given that if you prayed, you'd see some kind of outcome in some certain way. Right. And I think so often mm-hmm. what frustrates me about religion is that it's propping up people almost to fail in, in, in a certain sense, right? It's like, well, as long as you go and fast or you do these, and, and, I, and again, I'll speak to it in the in the black context, right? It's like, you, you, you as long as you go do these little things, you get the napkin or whatever it is, right? The anointing, and you're going to see your God is going to bless you. You're going to see this, you know, twofold over. And I, and I just, I got to a point where I'm just like, man, I feel like every conference that I go to, we're talking about, you know, the next generation. We're talking about this and this. And I'm just like, wait a minute hold up here this this because i'm pretty sure george floyd went to church more than a few times okay somebody was praying over him somewhere so what does that mean and so yeah man this is there that that i i hear you man god i do believe god wants redemption i think you know i think when it's all said and done we'll be like oh okay okay right yeah i you're right. I, I, I completely agree. Like, I think when it's all said and done, like we will be like, there'll be that, that relief, but, but I want it now. Right. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and, and I, and, and it's possible to participate in it now. Like, yes. uh, and, and it's also possible to, 
it, and I think what's happening a lot right now is that that we're participating in the opposite. We're participating in in destruction instead of instead of redemption, um, and 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 I guess like the, the the confessional that that I gave earlier was that that some of my not being able to name things and not being able to say things um, was participating in destruction rather than in redemption. Um, and I'd rather participate in redemption than, than destruction. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely, man. Um, and that, I think that's for me. I mean, and I get, you know, I give it to you, brother. I mean, I, I think about it. I've, I've had so many people tell, you know, Emily and I, Oh, you should start a church. You should start a church. You should start a church. Cause it's like, you know, at the current moment, I'm just kind of like, ah, I don't know about no church, man. And you know, Chicago's laid out in such a way that, like the church we were going to, you know, it was damn near fifty minute drive in and an hour and some odd something back, you know, just just to get downtown, right? Because it's like, again, I'm an LA boy, man, so it's like there's no damn highways in Chicago, man. There's one. Yeah. <laughs> Everything is surface streets. It's like, ay, Dios mío, me está matando. But it's, <laughs> and so it just takes so long. So it's like, you know, trying to find a place that fits. Um, what do you see your your role both now in church as a minister and, and you know, I'll, I'll ask you a, uh, a professional development club in the next five <laughs> years. <laughs> or do I see myself in the next five right, years? Right, right. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I'm currently the associate pastor for youth, young adults, um, and community groups, um, starting in June, I will be the associate pastor for, for congregational care, um, and family ministry. So the youth aspect of it stays the same. The, the thing that's switching is that, that, um, I will no longer be the, like the program person for our young adults ministry and, and we'll be overseeing congregational care and the deacons as, as a whole, um, yeah, and my, my heart is in, in, in working with, with adolescents and, and being a pastoral presence, uh, to, to the whole congregation. So I, I'm really excited about this, this change in roles for me. Um, and, and so my, my, I, I I'm excited to be with the joys of, of people's lives, celebrating births, celebrating weddings. Um, but I'm also excited to, to journey through, through the really hard times of people's lives, of, of, of deaths, of, of, of going through, through to some of the, the hardest parts of people's lives um, to remind them that, that, that they're human and that they're, that they're loved and they're not alone in, in the darkest times as well. Mm. So I'm, I'm, my role as a, as a pastor is, is, is within a, a care kind of aspect. Um, but because I, because care is, is so huge, it means that I have to care about justice related issues as well. Um, and, and, and seeing, seeing the hardships that, that, that some of our congregation members of people of color that are going through really traumatic things and, and caring for them in a way that, 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 that brings light to, to the trauma that they're facing that they want the rest of the church to know about. Um, doing that in a way that, that is genuine and true to them in a way that, that, that 
that cares for them is, is deeply important to me. Um, so I, 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 I cannot separate my congregational care and love for, for that without justice work. I think they're, they, 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 they intertwine. Um, so that's that. That's that's where I'm heading right now. Uh, and and the, the interesting thing is, as as I was tra- as I'm transitioning into this role, I've been asked that question a lot. Like, what what comes in the next five to ten years? And, and to be honest, I do not know. Yeah, um, of course. I I the switching to this this new role. Um, I. I'll be in in living in Queens and working in Midtown Manhattan indefinitely. Wow! <laughs> um, and I love it. Yeah, and I I never thought I'd say that. I never thought I'd be on the the East Coast for for more than the three three and a half years that I that I did a a degree at Princeton. But but here I am on the East Coast. Oh, man. Um, so yeah, I, I I don't know. I, p- people have asked if if I wanted to be a senior pastor at some point and. I, not really. <laughs> like I, <laughs> I, 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 who knows? Like that might be something that that I feel called to down the road. But, but I really, I really love being in relationship with 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 people and, yeah. and caring for people and um, and learning from them as well. Um, so I, I, I'm excited about the path that the next five years is is going to take um, in this new role. New role. I love it. I love that, man. And and you're right. I mean, right. It's like, you know, unless you're Bill Gates, you know, no one could like, you know, no one could have you know predicted the pandemic. Right. It's like, you know, no one could have predicted what was going to be happening just right around the corner. I mean, so you're absolutely right, man. I, and I think and that's just a beautiful thing. I admire folks who are doing the work. And I mean this sincerely, like, you know, who are doing this type of work in this era. Um, and when I mean this era, right, it's like, okay, you got information technology. I feel like we've lost the baseline of what is truth. We can't even agree to that. Every, even truth is politicized. It's racial. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It becomes all relative. Um, you know, and to do it, I mean, and well, let me ask this. I mean, because you're on the East Coast, you in New York, man. I mean, how, how has the pandemic affected what you do i mean it's like you know we heard all we heard for a long time was like man new york and this is what's happening and complete lockdown now you got cuomo and shit going on yeah. Yeah. oh it, 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 it's it's it, it's been a trip i mean the and i'm sure this has happened in other parts of the country as well but I, we're in it's march 24th today um a year ago, like the amount of like here in Queens, mm. the amount of sirens, day in and day out, I'm like, damn, that's a, another person just died. Like wow. that's what that that's what those sirens are, and, and I I'm still processing some of the some of that. Like when like hearing sirens is still it, it's still odd to me, um, and and you know the difference between the the the, the police sirens and and the and the paramedic sirens. Like it's you, you you hear the difference and you know that, that something something tragic just just happened um and yeah and, and stuff that i so my church <laughs> I, I probably should have said this sooner it's really interesting my, my church is diagonal from trump tower <laughs> like like <laughs> diagonal from trump tower and it's it's on fifth avenue like okay. one of the busiest streets like in new york city and and i only go in once a week still um i, I have a i have a heart condition that i and so i just i want to make sure that i'm taking care of myself oh, absolutely. but but 
Fifth Fifth Avenue is different. Like there isn't there 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 aren't that many people walking around. Um, and I, I remember in April of last year we we went for a drive, and we drove down Seventh Avenue through Times Square, and we were the only car on like. It, like a Times wow. Square, like is always filled with people. We were Absolutely. like one of like two cars. Uh, my wife wanted wanted sushi from a certain place, and we pulled up right next to it, parked. Like it was unreal. Like like there's there's no parking in Times Square at, at, ever. Uh, it's just being able to drive down. Wow. I I drive to Times Square from my place. Even now, would probably there and back would probably take two two and a half hours we did it in 45 minutes we drove down to times square and back to queens it it was it was just so unreal um so that's that's just kind of personally of like some of the the odd things that happened but but ministry has has been has been all virtual and and there's been times that we've been able to to adapt well um our our online worship services are there it's a it's a pretty traditional service um our staff has done a, a really killer job of, of i think of, of producing good and honest worship services for our congregation and, and people who who have just found out about us um during the pandemic so that's been a really good way that we've been able to pivot um and and with my youth stuff there, there's stuff that that like like I nail and then there's some stuff that I'm like oh my gosh that was that was one of the worst things I've ever done <laughs> like like that was like they were bored and but I mean like you you, you do what you can but the, yeah but it's it's it, it it's been trial and error on on some things oh I'm sure I can man and I and think that and then that's another reason why I give it to folks who are trying to do that man because it's it's difficult enough just to hold a hour and a half 90 minute class you know twice a week mm-hmm. or not even twice a week we do virtual stuff uh canvas stuff on on one of the days so just once a week i can't imagine trying to you know hold the attention of some people and you know and do the work that you're doing right with you know with, with young people right. especially specifically i mean well, it, and i miss i miss physical touch too like yeah like i i like and there's so much about our congregation members that 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 we just don't know as much anymore because a lot of that happened like on the way out after church, like like oh like how are you doing? Like oh actually I'm struggling with with this or like I have this heart uh, or I have this surgery coming up this next week. Like we don't we often don't get those conversations as much anymore that we're not meeting in person. Um, so I miss that and I miss being able to hold somebody's hand and, and to pray with them um, or, or to put my hand on somebody's shoulder while they're crying. Like I, like you can only do so much of that on zoom and, and show like facial expressions, like in that, that, that you care. Um, but man, I like, I miss being able to put my hand on somebody's shoulder and, mm. um, and being there in that way. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, it, you know, it's been, I mean, as an extrovert, I, I've myself, right. I've, <laughs> I've struggled, right. You know, my spouse, Emily loves it, right. She's an introvert and she's just like, Oh, this, this is perfect. You know, it's great. You know, as <laughs> all go out and, uh, but I've definitely, I mean, even just, you know, talking with my neighbor here, it's like, you know, we'll, we'll sit and I'm just like, you know, I'm like a, a fly to poop, man. I'm just like, man, yes, yes. Let's, let's talk. Um, well, I mean, it's okay. 
So when we think about this, we, you know, you got the ministry thing going, you got, um, uh, you know, the whole thing, you know, in New York. And I, and, well, let me ask you this. This is a simple question. I mean, that's, so I, do you normally drive? Because I know it's, it's, I've had to learn public transportation, you know, because it's so cute in L.A. Everybody has cars, you know, two or three cars to a household. Um, in Chicago, you know, there's a lot of people who just they don't. They're just like, you know, I don't want to deal with it. I, I'll just take public transportation. How do you how do you do that? Deal with that in New York, man. Do you, you know, you do you, do you uh, just take the subways or Uber taxis? No, I yeah, subway. Okay. <laughs> I mean, the the pandemic is a different story. Um, uh, I, I was actually going into the office three days a week, in starting in September, and the subway was was amazing like they like the mta gets a lot of crap um and most of the time rightfully so but they they they, they did a great job of of, of 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 it being sanitized and there weren't that many people on the subway so i felt completely safe taking the subway um up until about january and then and then more people started to come out um and, and again I, I was just trying to protect myself from, yeah uh, <laughs> I, I just didn't want to die right so, uh, so I've been, I recently I've been driving a lot more. I mean, we, I, I stay at home for the most part. Uh, but if I do need to go out, I'll, I'll drive. But other than that, like, I mean, I, I get my second dose this Saturday. Um, subway's the way to, to do New York city. Yeah. It's, it, the, the, there's delays and there's stuff that's annoying about the subway, but there's also something magical about, uh, about the subway as well. <laughs> I, I've, I've heard that from a lot of people, man. I've heard that. So I was going to ask you about the the vaccine, man. I wasn't sure if you were, you know, anti-vaccine or you know, everybody's oh, no, kind no, of no. been on different different plights, <laughs> man. I'd be curious. No, my 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 wife's a nurse, um, and she's she's actually one of the nurse managers for the uh, uh, COVID prevention and response team at at NYU. Um, so yeah, I, I as soon as we. I was eligible um, because of the heart condition. I, I signed up right away, um, and and for our staff, like like we, for those that are eligible, we really want our staff to 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 get the vaccine so so that we can protect them and protect our congregation members. So that for when we finally reopen, um, that that people will be safe. And I and uh, we have a we have a partnership at our at our church called called Ecumenical uh, Outreach Partnership. Um, we partner with St. Patrick Cathedral and St. Thomas Episcopal Church. They're mm -hmm. big cathedral churches on, on Fifth Avenue, all within a five block radius. And we we hire a social worker and and um, and some other staff. And it sounds like we're partnering with another group to actually be able to to give vaccines on our at, at our church to oh, our wow. unhoused neighbors and, and and people who who need it. So. Um, yeah, I, I'm excited about the vaccine. <laughs> I, I think it's good stuff. No, that's good, man. I actually just uh, signed up for my first dose coming up here. And, you know, Illinois is trying to open up a lot, even though today I just read on WGN that uh, several spots were um, getting shut down because, you know, Trump has a tower here and he also has connect. So he was in that in that building they were they were they have vaccines but they were giving it to all like ceos and stuff like that man and so they got caught <laughs> oh no <laughs> oh man i tell you it doesn't stop well let me ask you this man i know time is nigh and you you a busy man but um what's giving you hope right now man what's what's uh what's giving you levity 
you know, and and again, don't let me put words in your mouth. If there's nothing, by all means, you know, that I'm not here to. I'm just, I just, I just wanted to ask the question. Yeah, I. The teenagers that I'm working with, hmm. they're they're giving me so much hope. Um, I, like often, like you, you you talked about how there's conferences about the next generation and the next generation. And it's always about the potential that they have and what, what they're going to do. And, and they're doing a lot already. Like they're the here and now they're not just the, 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 the future. They're, 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 they're doing the work right now. We we've been doing a series on uh, the fruits of the spirit and how they intersect with justice uh, for, for our zoom curriculum. And and they they desire so much to to do God's work in in the world um, and doing it and with with joy, doing it with love, um, doing it with generosity, and and as we prepare for for these lessons, like they're saying things that 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 are uplifting me and giving me hope that. Um, that things can actually change. So I, I, I see, I see hope in, in our teenagers. <laughs> that's great. No, man, that's great. I, um, yeah, that's, that's, that's good stuff. That's good stuff. Any, any things that you notice? I mean, especially with this generation, right? It's, I always feel old when, well, it was two years ago when I was like, Oh, what? actually three years ago now when it was 2018, uh, when I was like, oh, wow, the incoming freshman class will have been born in 2000, you know, it's like they're 18 <laughs> now. I'm like, oh, my gosh. Anything like that, man? Any um, any insights from, you know, the Gen Yers or Zers, as, as, as Barna is calling them? Oh, man. I mean, besides the fact that they're calling me out for being so nostalgic. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I. I an insight that I've seen from, from, from Gen Y is that they're, they're one of the most inclusive generations that I've seen. Okay. Um, it, 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 if, if a certain policy of a certain program, if it, if it's hurting a certain group and it's not inclusive, they, they're, they're quick to judge that. And they're quick to say like, we, we want this to change. Um, and so that's something from, from Gen Y that, that, that the, that myself and the church can learn from is that they're, they're, they're quick to, to pick out, um, what's hurting people groups. Yeah, I would. Yeah, definitely. I'm, I'm extremely curious and anxious to see what happens when they're of age to be, you know, in positions, right. Of politics, policy, mm -hmm. um, to see what, you know, what, what happens and how that goes about, um, and whatnot. Hopefully there's, you know, not too many Stephen Millers among them. Um, <laughs> um, well, let me, uh, I, man, this cold conversation has been great, brother. I feel like I've learned a whole new side of you, uh, and, you know, just listen to your story and, you know, where you're at. So I really appreciate you uh, taking the time out. Where can folks find you, man? You know, when they want to bring you out and, uh, you know, once we, once now that we're, everything's opening up, they can fly you out to all over the world, you know? No, fly me to California again. <laughs> right. Get some, get some. Taco San Pedro from Hawaiian Gardens oh, and man, some in and go. out. That would be awesome. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm on Twitter and Instagram. Warner Ramirez, W-E-R-N-E-R-R-A-M-I-R-E-Z. Um, but to be honest, so my, twi my Twitter is like half me retweeting other people. 
<laughs> of like substantial stuff and then me tweeting a lot of LA Galaxy. Uh, <laughs> every once in a while I'll have a, a good actual tweet myself, but uh, but it's I, I try to more retweet and uplift that, um, other people and then vent about soccer. There you go. No, that's what's up, man. That's what's up. I like that, man. Well, I'm still, I'm still currently, you know, off Twitter. You're still banned. Yeah. I'm still banned, man. I don't think we're going for a year. So, you know, that'll, mm-hmm. there's that. There's that. But that's great, man. Well, Warner, thank you so much, brother, for uh, for coming on and taking the time. And, man, just sharing the insights and, you know, uh, you know what's, what's going on in your life. I really appreciate it. Of course. It's been a pleasure.